What is up, guys? Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Bleeding B&G Podcast, episode 77. So I guess we're going to call this, what, our, our Randy Thomas episode? Shout out to the OG, literally the OG. He did play offensive guard. But to give you a timestamp as we do for all of our episodes, today is Tuesday, January 17th. 2023. So the Washington Commander season concluded about about a little over a week ago, about nine days ago. No, I didn't give you guys a recap over um, about our 26 to six victory over the Dallas Cowboys because, like I told you guys, I had checked out uh, for the season, and that's no excuse. That's no excuse. So I'm not saying that for you guys to forgive me, but when I tell you guys, I promise, I promise this next this next off season leading up to the 2023 regular season. When I tell you guys that Bleeding B&G is coming harder with the content than we ever have come before. Guys, our two-year anniversary is almost coming up. So we have a lot. We have a lot. We have a lot of things that we need to cover bases on and things like that. So like I said, the Commanders um, season ended, um, what, nine days ago, about a week ago. So there's a plethora and there's abundance of information that we need to go over. So no, I didn't leave you guys with the last recap episode for the season. So what we're going to do, we're going to call this the State of the Commanders episode. We're going to call this the State of the Commanders episode. As I mentioned before, this is episode 77. As always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to like, be sure to comment, be sure to subscribe. As I've always said, I'm peeping the interactions. I know I've left you guys hanging a little bit. And like I said, please forgive me for that. But when I do post and when I am active, I always see the boost in engagement and things like that. And we're coming hard in 2023. So you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed and tapped into Bleeding B&G because guess what? We're not leaving. We're not even, we're not leaving any crumbs on the plate this year. We're not leaving any crumbs on the plate this year. Um, and this is our year to attack in 2023. So expect big things over at Bleeding B&G. So let's get into it. As I said, this is the State of Commanders episode. Um, a few things um, that we need to outlook on or look over as we head deeper into the offseason. So I'm not going to keep you guys too long, but there's about three main topics, three things that I really want to touch base on today uh, that can really shape um, the, the, the outlook of you know the 2023 season for the Washington Commanders and ultimately shape the outlook for the 2023 season for the Washington Commanders based off some of the things that they do throughout this offseason and things like that. So sit tight. Buckle up and be sure to enjoy this episode. I'm not going to keep you guys long at all, but be sure to catch these gems because there's going to be a couple gems that's dropped in today's episode. I can assure you of that. So the first thing that I wanted to mention is over the course of this past weekend, over the course of this past weekend, there were reports coming out that the Washington Commanders are telling potential OC candidates to please consider Sam Howe as QB1 as of this moment. To consider Sam Howell QB1 as of this moment. Now, this is following Sam Howell's 11 of 19 performance against the Dallas Cowboys for 169 yards and two touchdowns, one throwing and one rushing. Um, and to be honest, man, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm an advocate for this move. I'm a I'm a, I'm in favor of this move. And if this is the actual approach, now I'm kind of skeptical if this is the approach because. If you guys were paying attention to some of the news nuggets and um, some of the news outlets and some of the reports 
coming out leading up to the Dallas Cowboy games. Um, I know one in particular with Logan Paulson, he was saying that the team is like basically presenting it as that, you know, they don't have faith in Sam. And these were around the times that, you know, it was um, reported that Taylor Heineke was going to initially get the start against the Cowboys. And, you know, they were talking about, hey, you know, the team didn't have trust in Sam, you know, going through simple game day logistics, like getting plays out of the huddle and things like that. And if that was the case, then I kind of understand it. I kind of get it. Um, but what Sam showed you against the Dallas Cowboys was that was the furthest from the truth. Now, now I know those numbers not aren't eye-popping, um, you know, 11 and 19 for 169 yards, but he had a couple of drop passes, and, you know, he only threw the ball 19 times, so it's not like the coaching staff gave him a huge, a huge sample size to show or to put on display. So I think that Sam showed well with what he had. Um, he had a big drop by Jahan Dotson on the beauty of a ball on the sideline. That was a deep ball that could have been about a 40-yard gain. And then he also had a drop by the usually shorthanded Terry McLaurin um, on a simple drag route that hit Terry McLaurin in the numbers um, that had potential to be a good gainer as well. Um, not a huge 40-yard gain like Dotson throw, but maybe like 20 if he allowed Terry to turn and run um, on that third down conversion. So if you look at those numbers... He could have very well been 13 for 19 for about 240 yards and two touchdowns, which looks a lot better. Um, but, you know, 11 for 19 for 170 yards, um, including his rushing yards, including his rushing touchdown, leading up to two overall um, touchdowns, that's nothing to scoff at. That's nothing to scoff at. And the reason that I'm skeptical is because was this the performance or is this this small sample size leading the organization to, you know, Show faith and show fortitude and trusted in Sam Howell going into 2023 with this report coming out that, you know, they're telling potential offensive coordinators that that is the plan. When did things change? When did things change? Did they let this small sample size showing up a game against the Dallas Cowboys let things change? And this goes back to, you know, some of the biggest issues that I've had with this um, front office. If you've been following Bleeding BNG, if you're a Bleeding BNG truther, and you've been following us for a while, you know, one of our biggest gripes or one of our biggest, you know, things that we don't like about this organization, particularly the front office, which is, you know, Ron Rivera included with this uh, co-centric approach and things like that, is that they're very short-sighted. They're very short short-sighted they don't they don't ever typically have the foresight to make you know forward thinking and progressive moves and things like that so i mean i'm kind of skeptical with this report i'm kind of skeptical because as i asked before what changed was it this small sample size against Dallas? Or was Sam Howe prepared the whole time? And there were, you know, powers that be in, in the organization or voices that be in the organization that was holding this back the entire time that was holding this back the entire time and when you look, as I told you guys, it's January 17th. So, you know, we're past Super Wildcard Weekend. And as we said today, all three of our arch rival nemesis that play in the NFC East, they're still playing in the playoffs. They still have games to play and we're sitting at the couch. So it kind of pains me to see that, you know, that we were in contention for these same potential playoff spots in what, you know, turned out to be the strongest division in the NFL. And I have to sit and think that maybe we could have been playing this weekend if we had started Sam Howell earlier. If we had simply started Sam Howell earlier. I can't help but to think that. Then there's reports coming out. I think it was Logan Paulson on the Take Command uh, podcast said that Taylor Heineke has been telling guys around the organization that he thought Ted, Sam Howell was ready to start in week five. 
Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and why is it coming out now? I don't necessarily think Taylor was saying that Sam Howe should have been starting over him, per se. But just he had the capabilities as an NFL rookie, you know, to take the lumps that's going to come with being a rookie quarterback. That he, he, he at least had that wherewithal to be able to start and lead this team in week five. And if that was the case, who knows where we could be right now on January 17, 2023. Who knows if we're playing or not. But I would have loved to see it. I would have loved to see it. Because Sam Howell came out and put 19 points with the potential of way more if Joey Sly wasn't fucking tripping last week on the Dallas Cowboys defense that made Tom Brady look like the old man that he is last night. So I would have loved to see what Sam Howell could have did with 12 weeks into the season. Maybe he was the quarterback to potentially put us into contention. And we could start having, you know, folk hero tales like we come up with with Taylor Heineke and things like that. Maybe that should have started with Sam. But like I said, I'm glad that they finally came around to this approach. I am not mad at this approach uh, at all. I'm just sitting here as a scoring Washington Commander fan, mad that I have to watch my NFC East foes next week. But I am glad that you guys have finally came around to this approach. If that is the case, because I, as I mentioned before, I am a tad bit skeptical. Because what changed? What changed? Was it the ball to Terry McLaurin on the sideline? Where he hit him for a 50-plus yard completion? With 60-plus yards in the air? For the longest completed pass in the next-gen stats era by Washington Redskin, Washington Commander, Washington football team, whatever you want to name it. Was it that throw? Or was it that you saw the potential that you can have when you unlock this offense by just simply distributing the ball to both Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson? Was it him hitting Deshaun, I mean, uh, hitting uh, Jahan Dotson on his break, coming back on his uh, comeback route, allowing Josh Dotson, Jahan Dotson, excuse me, to turn and run and gain 13 extra yards? Because guess what? I don't think that that just came in one game. I don't think that that just came over the course of what, four days? Because you just told me he was starting on what, Thursday? I don't think it just came from Thursday to Sunday. I think that that's been there for a while. I'm not going to say at the beginning of the season. But I think that it's been there for a while. And you know, the old antiquated viewpoints of this organization is kind of what held us back. Because when you see Skylar Thompson in the Super Wild Card Weekend giving the Buffalo Bills trouble, Brock Purdy setting, setting, breaking Joe Montana playoff records. When you see these type of guys that came in the same draft class as Sam Howell having success on winning organizations and winning franchises, you can't help to ask yourself some of these questions that I've been presenting to you today in this episode. You can't. But to come back all the way back, to put a 180, to come back all the way 180 on this thing, I'm glad that they finally came to their senses. One thing that I'm not trying to do in 2023 is go over old retread quarterbacks. No Derek Carr. I'm sorry. I'm good off Derek Carr. I'm sorry. Any retread by that means. I just know that Derek Carr is probably the top name that's been tied to, you know, a quarterback changing changing teams and changing destinations over the course of this offseason. No, Derek Carr. I'm good off Derek Carr. 
And let me tell you why I'm glad that they finally got to this approach. Where you know, hey, we may have to rock out with Sam as QB1 going into the, 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 going into the 2023 season. It allows you to build up the rest of your roster when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. This goes back to the Legion of Boom Seattle model with Russell Wilson. This allows you to build a roster that even while competitive has its fair share of gaps. The roster is in the roster has more talent than the roster has had in a long time, but it, it still has its fair share of gaps, especially heading into the 2023 season. Well, guess what? If you have a quarterback on a rookie contract at the helm, it allows you to build up that offensive line that was super shaky. That one thing that I can admit, no matter how bad the quarterback play was this season, no matter which quarterback that was in there, all three were set up to fail with this offensive line that was that was assembled throughout the offseason. Andrew Norwell is garbage. Trey Turner is garbage. I hope they never play a snap for my organization again. But when you have a rookie, when you have a rookie contract at the quarterback position, and you're not out here giving out $50 million per year contracts to the Patrick Mahomes types and things like that. And this is a model that has won in the NFL, as I just mentioned. The early years of the Legion of Boom. And I don't want to go too into it right now because I'll delve into it a little bit later when we get into our offensive coordinator candidates. But it allows you to build up the roster, build up that offensive line. You can probably get you three starting caliber offensive linemen with a quarterback uh, at a rookie contract. And this, this offseason alone, just simply this offseason alone. But you don't have to delve out $28 million to below average and sub bar quarterback play. It allows you to do things like sign Cam Curl. One thing that upset me about the exit press conference with Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera, I know a lot of people were getting getting wiped up about the two-to-one run-to-pass approach and things like that. One of the biggest things that, that rubbed me the wrong way was how noncommittal he was to extended Cam Curl and looking into extended Cam Curl into this offseason. Bro, you better look into extending one of your better players. Bro, you better look into extending one of your better players to a long-term deal. And you have the flexibility to do that when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. Going back to building up this roster, having a quarterback on a rookie contract allows you to do whatever you want with De'Ron Payne. Because I'm going to tell you this now. I'm of the belief that you at least need to bring De'Ron Payne back for next year at least. I'm not the biggest advocate for, for signing him to a long-term deal. Because you got to see what you want to do with the rest of your with the rest of your your defensive line and things like that. And if it happens, it happens. I wouldn't be mad at it. I'm just letting you know I'm not the biggest advocate for it. Because I am a little skeptical of how, you know, Deron Payne's sack numbers just just rose exponentially to 11 and a half for a guy that was getting two, five, and four in his contract year. So I do need to see if he's going to pack it in. But this allows you to do whatever you want with Deron Payne. What I mean by whatever you want, you can kick the can down the road a little bit more for a year longer with a franchise tag. 
But guess what? Sam Howe's still going to be on his rookie contract going into the 2024 season as well. So if you want to franchise De'Ron Payne again, you can't do that. If need be. If need be. Because as I told you, this is a model that has won in the NFL. And with this type of model that has succeeded, what do you need with that young quarterback on a rookie contract? You need a strong run game. And you need a borderline to a borderline elite defense. And I don't know if it needs to be borderline. Elite defense. Elite defense. So if that's the case, and you're gonna rock out with this rookie quarterback, I mean with this quarterback on this rookie contract, build up my team like you can. Don't short sell me in any aspect. Don't short sell me in any aspect. Bring in a linebacker. Bring in another cornerback. Have enough linebackers so that when one goes down, you don't leave one active on the game day roster. Have enough depth so when one of your starters go down, you're not blaming the entire season collapsing on that one injury. Have that amount of depth. On to point number two, as I mentioned, the organization has been telling potential offensive coordinators this news about Sam Howe. The reason that we've been having to reach out to potential offensive coordinators is because Scott Turner was fired a week ago. You guys know, before the season, I was Scott Turner advocate. But guess what? After this season, this firing was well-deserved. This firing was well-deserved. There's no way you have the trio of Curtis Samuel... Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson at receiver. The weapon that we've learned Antonio Gibson to be. And the stud that Brian Robinson turned into. And you're not able to put up at least. Are you putting up under 19 points per game? Let's put it that way. You're not even scoring 19 points per game. You completely forget about Logan Thomas this year. And apparently your blocking schemes are ass. And your run schemes are ass. That's more than just the quarterback play. I know you didn't want Carson. I know Taylor is is, is um, limited physically. Maybe you should have put your nuts on the table and, and hey, tell him to play Sam Howe when you know your job is on the line. Because guess what? All it took was them for one game for them for them to to move on without you. With Sam as QB one. So if you had the ultimate faith in Sam Howe, because the reports have came out that you didn't want Carson, and I get it. And we know Taylor has the arm of a wet noodle. Maybe you needed to hit your wagon to Sam Howe earlier. Because now you ultimately the casualty getting scapegoated. But as I mentioned before, it wasn't even just that. It wasn't just the quarterback play. Scott Turner seemed to have a lack of feel for game flow this year. and It's something that I didn't really notice or he didn't really exhibit over the course of his first two seasons. It's almost like he was coaching for a head coaching job this year. Like, let me show y'all what I could do and just failed miserably. Like going away from Brian Robinson averaging seven yards a carry in the, in the New York Giant game. I heard he deviated from the game plan against the Cleveland Browns. 
So over the weekend, it was reported that the team has put out fillers or at least put out fillers or have requested to speak to Pat Shermer, Daryl Bevel, and Charles London. Pat Shermer, you might know him as the old coach of the old head coach of the New York Giants. Daryl Bevel has recently been the pass game coordinator for the Miami Dolphins, and Charles London is currently the offensive coach, the quarterback coach for the Atlanta Falcons. It was also reported that Jim Caldwell turned it down. Now let me say, none of those names leave me super excited. None of those names leave me super excited, but I kind of understand it. I kind of understand it. You get the ownership, you get the ownership sale kind of in limbo. Outside candidates are looking at Coach Rivera kind of in like a lame duck year. So you're not getting the best of the best. The best of the best would be foolish to come take this job in Washington. The best of the best would be foolish to come take this job in Washington. But I will say, with all those names that I mentioned, all that talent that I mentioned, with the reason why Scott Turner deserved to be fired, if you get somebody that, that is confident in their, in their ability to develop a quarterback, and it's somebody that, that, is, that, is, that is young, innovative, and willing to take this job, if he's able to boost the numbers of this offense, that person's going to get head coaching jobs coming out the woodworks. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because he's going to be able to do something that we haven't seen in Washington since, what, 2016. An explosive offense. Out of those names that I mentioned that Washington has already put fillers out of, Shermer, Bevel, and Charles London, My favorite out of those is probably Daryl Bevel. Hell no to Pat Shermer. Hell no to Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer had Saquon Barkley and didn't know what to do with him. Everybody's hyping Daniel Jones over, you know, his performance this weekend and things like that. Rightfully so, Daniel Jones ball. Daniel Jones looked like an XFL quarterback under Pat Sherman. This is the guy that I wanted to, to develop, Sam Howell. I'll pass, hard pass. My favorite name out of those is probably Daryl Bevel. And the reason that I say that is because Daryl Bevel actually was the offensive coordinator for those Legion of Booth teams that I keep mentioning um, that Washington may want to follow the model of. Strong run game, elite defense. And back then, he was working with a young quarterback in Russell Wilson. Ultimately winning the Super Bowl. But he's also had experience developing young quarterbacks. He was with the Jaguars last year in 2021. Took over as the interim head coach under um, after Urban Meyer left. Did much better than Urban Meyer did while he was there. And I'm not even going to fault him for, for some of Trevor Lawrence's struggles while Urban Meyer was there. Nobody was su surviving that cesspool in Jacksonville under Urban Meyer. And then most recently this past season, he was the run game. I mean, he was the pass game coordinator in Miami. So he had a chance to develop two of the tongue of a load. 
who was an MVP candidate before his multiple head injuries kind of derailed his season. So the track record is there for a guy like Daryl Bevel who's kind of fitting your identity. Because not so much in Jacksonville, but the Miami team of this year and the Seattle teams of those Legion of Boom era, one thing that they had in common, yeah, they developed a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of young quarterbacks, but they also were a run-first mentality team with beast mode. Mike McDaniel is a, is, a, is a run game specialist down in Miami. That's ultimately his bread and butter. That's the foundation of his offense, no matter how explosive Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are. So it kind of goes along with that two-to-one, you know, run-the-pass philosophy that Mayhew and Ron Rivera said that they wanted. No, I don't think it's realistic in 2023 in the NFL. But, hey, I'm just taking it for their work. Some names that I would offer up, Washington, that I would like Washington to look at. Byron Leftwich, who just got uh, fired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. I mean, today, excuse me, have a chance to come back home, him being from the DMV area. Thomas Brown, the tight end coach and the run game coordinator from the Los Angeles Rams. And Joe Brady. Joe Brady is a name that I haven't really seen on the radar. Joe Brady had a brief stint with the Carolina Panthers, but his best, his biggest claim to fame is probably being the offensive coordinator for that 2019 LSU Tigers team, arguably the best college offense of all time. I just think that him and Matt Rule were in a good mix, but I think that if you give Joe, Joe Brady the opportunity to develop a quarterback, I think that there's some potential there. And I think that these guys that I mentioned, names to look at, I think that they might, you know, potentially look at the Washington commander job because all three of these guys have pretty strong pedigrees. And they may look at Washington as a job. Hey, I might be next in line for a head coaching position if something doesn't go right with um, Ron Rivera in the 2023 season. And the third order of business that I want to touch on before I head out here is the state of the ownership sale. Because ultimately, that's the biggest news going into the 2023 season. That's the biggest news revolved around anything Washington Commanders. Over the weekend, J.P. Finley said that he expects the sale to be done by mid-March, which is pretty soon. Guys, it's already middle of January. So that's less than two months. That's less than two months. One reason that I said that we need to look at it, guys, is that we need to see how it not only impacts our free agent spending, so our impact to spending free agency, but we also need to see how it impacts some of these coaching hires and fires as well. Because if any of these contracts are picked up while Dan Snyder is um, the owner of this franchise, he would be forced to have to pay him out or have to work a new deal with the new owner. So that's important. That's important logistics and information that we need to know when the new uh, come the new league year in March. If our team isn't spending buku crazy money, we'll know why. Because if we cut some of our veterans, and I'll touch on this in another episode, can't give you too much of the content in one episode, but if we cut some of the veterans on our roster, we're looking at having potentially $60 million in cap space. And if that happens, and we're not spending a crazy amount of money in free agency, you can attribute it all to the state of the ownership sale. Now, JP also reported that it looks like, you know, Jeff Bezos hasn't made a bid yet. 
He said that Josh Harris, the owner of the New Jersey Devil and the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers may potentially be in the league, which I'm not mad at. I'm at, I'm at the stand that anybody's better than dad at this point. Jeff, Jeff Bezos has been my guy. Not necessarily my guy. Jeff Bezos has been the guy that I thought was going to ultimately have the team. And there's a few reasons why I think he hasn't bid it yet. He doesn't ultimately want to outbid himself because we know that in any bidding war that Jeffrey Bezos gets into, he's automatically going to have the most amount of money unless he's bidding with about two other people in the world. So I think Jeff might be sitting back kind of like the Waltons did with the Broncos sale, waiting to see everybody's offer just so he can just simply top it in the end. But those are the three biggest things that we need to be looking at um, because it's really going to shape the outlook of the Washington Commanders 2023 offseason, guys. So, is Sam Howe QB1 going into the season and how is that going to shape um, the rest of the outlook of the season? Who are we bringing as the offensive coordinator? And we need to hurry up with this ownership stake sale, man, because, hey, I'm ready to start spending some money like I told y'all before, like I've said uh, a plethora of times, like I've said many a times. As a Washington Commander fan, the offseason is like our championship. The offseason is our playoffs. So I'm ready to start spending some money, and I'm ready to start building this team for us to ultimately go 8-8-1 again next year. So that'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding BNG Podcast. As I mentioned before, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to comment, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. If you're checking us out on audio only, or we're available on all podcast platforms. But if you're checking us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify specifically, be sure to leave a rating, be sure to leave a review. Let's finesse these algorithms so that when you search anything, anything Washington Commanders, Bleeding BNG is your number one content hub that pops up in that search bar. Because like I told y'all i'm coming with so much heat and so much smoke in 2023 all these other content creators ain't gonna know what to do with me i promise you that i promise you that so be sure to subscribe if you enjoyed this episode be sure to be tapped into this page because we're coming with a lot we coming with a lot like i told y'all this is our championship this is our playoffs and i'm gonna stick to it i'll check in on you guys later peace